0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily, NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It's the fantasy special today. Heath Cummings, Brian McFadden, both in the same room this time, down in Fort Lauderdale, joining me to talk some fantasy football. What's up, fellas? Hey, hey, it's a great day to be alive. I just feel,
2: I mean, this is so much better having BMAC here. It'd be better if you were here, Will, too, but uh, we invited BMAC to the party and not you.
1: That's, it- that's quite alright. Is it, is it an actual party? Cause I'm starting to feel a little like, a little weird this It's an
3: actual party. We got I, food in the studio. Here. It's a lot going on, Will.
1: Well, what, but what are you re- I, mean, I mean, not that I care, but what are you really doing? <laughs> <laughs> you don't care. You just want to know? I don't care. I'm just curious what's going on. You know, just what's a going on.
3: Celebrate, there. I mean, you know, we got a NFL game tomorrow. We got. <laughs> The Royal Series, the tonight. NBA just started. NBA, college football, yeah, we just celebrating all the quality sporty sporting events we have.
1: All right, B Mac. Well, if you are going to make fun of me for being at a party, I am going to ask you what you thought about the Clippers being the best team in Los Angeles last night.
3: I don't like that question. <laughs> That's not.
1: Fair. I, 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 I am a little not. Nah, I don't want to derail this into an NBA talk, but I am a little worried that, like, I mean, Danny Green went. Danny Green and um, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? Uh Jared Dudley both went. They went like. Like eight of ten from three, and the Lakers lost. They got to they got to figure out a way to manage the minutes of uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis. Anyway, well, okay. Jared
3: Dudley looks like Big Ben. Um, <laughs> Danny Green gave us twenty eight. We lost. Yeah, and the Clippers are very very good. They are. They're really, they're really good. They didn't oh, even have Paul George. I know. They have a good team. No, yeah.
2: They're a good team. Do you agree with Ice Cube? What did he say? He was uh, tweeting after the game last night and said the Lakers just embarrassed Los Angeles.
3: They did. Yeah, they did because this was this was <laughs> this was a game that was circled on everybody's calendar. I mean, if casual basketball fan, if you play for another organization, I heard Chris Webber who was calling the Raptors, uh, Pelicans game, yeah. saying, "I'm going to rush to get to my hotel room to watch the Clips, the Clippers, and the Lakers," and
1: um. they laid down. The uh, Clippers also embarrassed LA because they embarrassed the Lakers, you see. Yeah, um, I, yeah, it's not right. Anyway, uh, football show. <laughs> De- Dima's like, good lord, man. He's, and by the way, the Nats, unbelievable first game by the Nats. I am, I'm a Nats fan. I'm just a Nats fan at this point. I love this team. Um, I don't you know, see
3: any Nats memorabilia anywhere around you.
1: Well, you know, it's weird because I'm a Braves fan, so this is a little <laughs> awkward, but. Okay.
3: So you're Drake. You
1: I'm draking, I'm draking. And he's going to jinx them, so it's perfect. No, no, so we had... No, 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 no. I bet on the Nats' season total over 89, right? With mm-hmm. Along with three other friends. And on May 23rd, we thought it was dead. They were uh 19-31, and 31, and we thought it was over. And they stormed back from that, made the playoffs, and then made the World Series. And, I mean, I got to tell you, along the way, I don't know if I'll like the Nats forever moving forward, but I fell in love with this Nats team along the way. I know, I know, like... It, everything about this Nats team. I watch tons of Nats games because they're they're in the market here on uh, on Masson. Like I get Masson at my house, um, and my best friend uh, from college is also uh, a Nats season ticket holder. So I've been to a bunch of games. So I, I feel like I'm I'm there. I own a Max Scherzer T-shirt and I have for three years. So I feel like I'm there.
2: That just reminds me. Do you owe me some beer?
1: Uh, d- d- uh do I owe you beer? What happened?
2: Didn't I remember you sending me a message before baseball season asking for my favorite over under bets? For the baseball season, win totals. I don't know if you took my favorite or
1: not. Well, we took the, we went three for three. So I hope we did. We took then I owe you some beer. We took the Pirates under, Twins over, and the Nats over. No, I gave you my favorite,
2: and you didn't really feel comfortable with it because the number was so so low.
1: What was it? The Tigers under seven. It
2: was the Baltimore Orioles under. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Seven, and it did.
1: Came in under. Yeah. I was too worried about that. And the Tigers under. They both came in. Anyway, we're, uh, we're four minutes in and Devo's about to strangle me. Um, this is what he deals with every day, folks. Every day. I try to go off on some crazy tangent. Um, if you've got a good tangent you want us to go off on, or you have a fantasy question, go leave a five star review on Apple podcast. Download, subscribe. And if you leave a five star, if you love the show, leave a five star review. It really helps us. We're trying to get to, I think a thousand is our number. I'm, you know, open and honest about the sad little number we're trying to hit. But if we hit that, um, I'll get a raise or at least, you know, get to do this nine times a week instead. Um, trade deadline's coming up and the trade deadline is very interesting for the NFL, Heath, because it, from a fantasy perspective, you, like in, in the NBA and in, in 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 fantasy basketball and fantasy baseball, you can kind of monitor the news, and if you work at home as a sports writer, it's a real bonus because you can jump on whatever happens and 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 figure out what to do when a trade happens and who to grab. In in football, it's always on a Tuesday at 4 p.m., which means everyone is going to have the same opportunity to claim whatever guy, uh, you know, is is the big beneficiary. So the goal here is. Um, A, let's look at the trades that have already happened with Muhammad Sanu and Emmanuel Sanders and how that impacts it. Um, but B, also like, who might be some guys, uh, that, that you would target moving forward? Like a, you know, use your crystal ball. Who are some guys you would target that might have an opportunity, uh, based on the trade deadline next week?
2: Well, I thought the interesting thing this year is that the trade deadline is interesting because yeah. generally in the NFL, it's not interesting at all. We mm-hmm. don't see important players get traded in the middle of the season. We've already seen two with Mohamed Sanu and Emmanuel Sanders. Now, I'm going to generally be pessimistic about wide receivers changing teams in the middle of the season. There's too many moving parts there. They've got to come in. In some cases, they have to learn a new playbook, mm-hmm. a new offense. I don't think Emmanuel Sanders does. He knows what's going on there in San Francisco he, with the Sh- Kyle Shanahan. But for Mohamed Sanu specifically, he's got to come in and learn the playbook. He's got to earn Tom Brady's trust. He's got to get on the same page in terms of timing and stuff like that. And then his problem is, They've already got 7,000 other guys to throw the football to. So I don't know that Sanu matters so much. That trade matters more to me because of what it frees up for Calvin Ridley, as long as Matt Ryan's okay. Uh, the Sanders trade, he could be an interesting number two wide receiver. It just solidifies Cortland Sutton as a stud there in Denver, though.
1: So mm. you think it actually You think it helps Cortland Sutton? Manny I think
2: it solidifies his target share. Yeah,
1: okay. Um, BMac, how tough is that adjustment? Do you think for these wide receivers moving teams in the middle of the in the middle of the season? I mean, like to his point, like you're basically using the same playbook—Shanahan, Scangarella, whatever. I mean, it, you know, comes from the same system, but you're still jumping. You're still trying to get on the same page with the new quarterback. I mean, that's kind of difficult, right?
3: Yeah, it takes time, and I think you know it depends on the situation as far as the team the player is going to. Um, San Francisco for Emmanuel Sanders. I don't think it should be a big issue because. Like Keith mentioned, you know, there are some similar things that they ran in Denver. And also, too, that that offense is basically, you know, predicated on running the football. You know what I mean? Then transition to the Patriots, we know that's a very, very difficult offense. You know, you're called to run routes a certain type of way, and it's all about time. And so I I don't expect to see this trade pay off for the Patriots until probably the month of late November, December. I think this is more so about... You know November, December football with Mohamed Sanu.
1: Uh, yeah, or or February when he throws a uh, touchdown pass in the Super Bowl, which mm-hmm. you know he's he's gonna throw a touchdown pass for the Patriots this year. Yeah, I guarantee yeah. it, and probably in the playoffs. Um, if Mohamed Sanu or Emmanuel Emmanuel Sanders is owned in basically every league, I think if Mohamed Sanu is a free agent, are you messing with him at all, Heath?
2: Nah. Okay.
1: Um, is there anybody you're contemplating either trading for or adding ahead of the deadline, like? If the if the if the Browns were to get a left tackle, like I think the Browns are a great buy low, and if they could manage to get a left tackle, I'd be more interested in trying to trade for Nick Chubb, who I think is going to be very expensive anyway. But but Baker Mayfield is out there in a lot of leagues now; he's been dropped, and they have a fairly friendly schedule after the buy, um, as well as you know maybe Odell Beckham, who could be a buy low.
2: Yeah, I could come around on the Browns as buy lows. Um, I think. Kenyon Drake, Mark Walton, that combination is interesting. There's mm. some talk that maybe the Lions had made an offer for Kenyon Drake before they put on Johnson on the IR. Some people wondering if maybe they'll make a better offer now that they've put on Johnson on the IR. I don't think Ty Johnson's the answer. Nah. So if Drake were to go to Detroit and land in a spot where he actually got 15 touches per game on a, an average team, then I would like him as a borderline starting running back, and Walton's kind of taking that backfield over. If you took Drake out of the equation and he got the passing game work as well, even on the Dolphins, he could be a worthwhile flex.
1: While we're talking about the Dolphins, uh, what do you think about Devontae uh, Parker? He's actually been okay the last few
2: weeks. Mm-hmm. He's been okay for fantasy.
1: Yes.
4: Uh,
2: in terms of yards per route run, I think he's 68th this year. Um He's really, really, really not improved his efficiency, but we know Ryan Fitzpatrick likes to drop back and chuck it. I think both he and... Preston Williams are what I'd call weekly boom or bust flexes. If you look at your roster and you've got a flex spot open and you don't feel good about anyone on your bench, you can plug those guys in and they may boom on a week to week basis.
1: Okay. Um, I'm actually facing a, I don't know if it's a roster crisis. Uh, I know we like to talk about our teams on here, but um, I have uh, Deandre Hopkins and Michael Thomas as my wide receivers, which I'm perfectly fine with good wide receiver combo. Um <clears throat> however they have uh Thomas is a week nine by Hopkins a week ten. Uh my bench is entirely it's a backup quarterback with Matthew Stafford, and then uh four running backs. Would you drop Frank Gore for Devontae Parker, knowing that starting next week you will need uh some kind of plug and play wide receiver?
2: You're not gonna start Frank Gore.
1: Exactly. Drop point. Frank Gore, right? Yeah. Drop Frank Gore. Yeah. Um other options out there include just for people Interested. By the way, I saw somebody like ripping on Chris Towers, or Chris Towers is mad because somebody was complaining that we suggested uh, picking up DD Westbrook. Why why would somebody be mad about that? Westbrook was dropped in a ton of leagues.
2: Uh, Yeah, people would like Certain people in the industry like to uh, throw shade at um, other people in the industry when they cater to anything other than deep leagues. Mm. Talking about guys that are owned in over half of leagues, um, that's a, a point that, uh, some people like to use to say you're doing lazy analysis. It's wrong. I mean, like, if you're available in half of leagues, and that means half of the people that might be reading this might have the option to go pick that player up. Right. So Chris, Chris is awesome as always.
1: Yeah. Chris rules. Um, the, yeah, the other thing too is like, like, for instance, my dad reads, uh, you guys on CBS. In fact, he calls you, uh, Jamie and Dave, the three mouseketeers. <laughs> um, like it well it's not uh it's it's disparaging but he he like he only compl- he's like he's like your average fantasy person he only gets mad when you guys actually like when you steer him wrong which is not very often but you know like and then he's like oh, these guys told me to start that like well dad like you gotta ultimately make your own call but like th- the person who's reading fantasy advice is the person who definitely has these people available in 50% like D.D. Westbrook has been dropped so it's ridiculous by those people to do that would you rather have uh, AJ Brown Danny Amendola Robbie Anderson, Devonte Parker, or uh, that that can be it. I'd rather have AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. Okay. I um, you look at he and, him
2: and Corey Davis, and I like Corey Davis slightly more. Yes, for sure. But they have been, but not a lot. They've been almost identical in terms of targets, catches, yards, touchdowns, fantasy points, everything so far this season. And in Ryan Tannehill's first start, AJ Brown actually got more targets than Corey Davis. Davis was better, and I think Davis is better, but I. When I prioritized them on waivers this week, because they were available in a lot of my leagues, yep. I would put in like $7 bid for Corey Davis and a $6 bid for A.J. Brown.
1: I think you had a snake Corey Davis for me in one of our leagues together. Good. Yes. <laughs> um, BMAC, now that I, and I'm going to grab A.J. Brown for Frank Gore now. BMAC, now that I used a few minutes to ask Keith about my personal fantasy questions, would you like to ask, have you had any uh, interesting uh, roster decisions you've had to make or uh, issues with any of your teams?
3: Uh, every week. Uh, You know, <laughs> being part of the fantasy life, you have questions, and you guys have helped me out a lot. And this week, I'm in a bit of a pickle. Mm. Um, not knowing the status of Matt Ryan. Mm.
1: Yeah.
3: But if Matt Ryan was healthy, would you go Matt Ryan or Kirk Cousins Thursday night against the Redskins? Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I probably wouldn't. Um. here's the thing that I
2: think makes this decision really easy. It's on Thursday. If I knew for sure on Thursday that Matt Ryan was playing, I would choose Matt Ryan. That's what I'm thinking. You're not going to know on Thursday. We had a very, very uh unhelpful quote from Dan Quinn earlier about the status of Matt Ryan that basically said, we're not going to know until
3: later in the week. Yeah, and I, I don't have the luxury of waiting. Right, so you're starting Kirk Cousins.
1: Yeah. yeah well that was right that was sort of my uh, my thing and also i mean washington is middle of the pack in terms of uh fantasy points allowed to uh to quarterbacks um the last 4 weeks they're actually pretty good but i think you have to take into consideration they were playing uh, outdoors in that slop fest against the 49ers and this is a Kirk Cousins revenge game we got a triple dude, this is a triple stack revenge game on thursday night Kirk Cousins revenge game Case Keenum revenge game. Adrian Peterson revenge game. Everybody's got a revenge game in this game. Golden Tate. Golden Tate. Golden. Wait. Golden Tate (laughs) revenge game?
2: Doesn't Golden Tate have a revenge game?
1: I'm just talking about just on Thursday.
3: Oh, I thought you were saying this
1: Will,
2: week. Was all the week.
1: I was confused. like, is Golden Tate on the Vikings now? I was like, <laughs> where have I been?
2: I, I thought it's you like, were saying crap. this week is revenge uh, week. week. That was a good one.
1: It might be. I was like, wait, is Golden Tate on the Redskins? <laughs> no, he's out on the Vikings. Um, Adam Thielen, by the way, out for this game. Ruled out. Yeah. Do not start Adam Thielen. Um, and I have
3: Adam Thielen in the same league that I asked the question about quarterbacks, right? So I'm thinking about going Allen Robinson or if. Still waiting on the status of Tyrell Williams. They say he should be able to go, but not knowing. So right now, if healthy, Tyrell Williams at uh, or Allen Robinson, what do you guys think? I
2: love Allen Robinson. Yep. This week and for the rest of the season, his volume has been so consistent at least seven catches in four out of six games, at least 60 yards in five out of six games, 16 targets in his most recent game. Now, this week, I don't think they'll throw quite as much, but I, I do love Alan Robson.
1: I, I have a, a quasi-hot take. I think the Bears are going to beat the crap out of the Chargers, and I think Mitchell Trubisky is going to throw for three touchdowns.
3: That'd be great. But if it's at least one to Alan Robson, that's a lot. I,
1: I just think this is a game that people are, are – people are, everyone is bashing Mitchell Trubisky. Everyone thinks he's gonna suck this week because he's been terrible. The Chargers aren't good against the pass. The Chargers' offensive line stinks, which means the Bears gonna be able to pin their ears back and get after him. I just think this is a game where the Bear—it's a bad matchup for Chicago. That line is people are like, "Why is it four and a half?" Have you seen Mitchell Trubisky play? Matt Nagel scheme some stuff up. He'll take some shots down the field. I think I think this is a Mitchell Trubisky game that nobody sees coming.
2: My um, only concern with your theory, mm-hmm. and I love the fact that you went from Chargers super fan to, like, (laughs) the most anti-Chargers person in America. You hate the Chargers and everything about them. Um, My only concern is the Bears have been one of the most game script-dependent teams in the NFL so far this year, and you can see it in their running backs. I tweeted this out earlier today. PPR points per game. In wins, David Montgomery is scoring 11.5 points, Tariq Cohen just 6.2 and barely even touching the football when they win. Mm -hmm. In losses, Cohen's scoring almost 12 PPR points per game. Montgomery just 6.7 and averaging like 10 touches per game. Like they have gone run heavy when they've had the lead and I think they're going to have the lead in
3: this
1: game. No, but I think they're going to get the lead via Mitch Trubisky and then run the ball. That's, okay. That's, that's my, that's just my theory. And look, I'm not staking my life on Mitchell Trubisky. I'll be putting all DFS shares into Matthew Stafford instead. Uh, really quickly on injuries. Well, not really quickly because actually these are a bunch of big injuries. Um, Patrick Mahomes is back at practice on Wednesday as we're recording this. Heath is the resident Chiefs superfan or uh, Chiefs. Uh, you're like analytical fan. You're a superfan, right? I was
2: a superfan at one point probably in my life. I, I thought that I was done being a fan entirely, and then Patrick Mahomes came along. Mm. And like, come on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who isn't a fan of Patrick Mahomes? There's no way that Andy Reid's going to play him on Sunday night, right? I don't think so. No, he's not playing. He's not
3: playing at all. It doesn't make any sense.
1: Would that be uh, coaching malpractice to play him, B. Mac?
3: Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. First, first of all, Andy Reid is already in the wrong for the play call that mm-hmm. led to the. I injury. disagree completely. And 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 I'm not saying <laughs> the kneecap was uh, uh, occurred because of the ankle. I'm not saying that. He, okay. What I'm saying is that. If your franchise quarterback has been dealing with an ankle injury, a well-known ankle injury since week one, yeah, why are you calling a design run for him at any point
0: in time?
2: I'm just team always sneak. Third and short, fourth and short. Just like, no, no who gets hurt? Has anyone ever gotten hurt on a quarterback sneak before
3: this? <laughs> yes, it's football. We just don't <laughs> – we, we don't recall it, but there's a – there's an opportunity for you to get hurt anytime you're running the football. You can get hurt at any given time. Now we know football is a physical sport. You can be standing up, friendly fire, someone fall uh on your ankle, anything like that can happen. But a guy who we all know is the franchise guy, there he. I'm not calling a quarterback sneak. I would be cautious calling a kneel down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm somebody else says, <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta you gotta treat him as such, because if anything happens to him. It's your season is over. It's, yeah. it's, it's a wrap. That's, that's so I, true. I understand you can look at it from two sides, but I'm just, I'm just looking at it because he's been hobbled. And because of that ankle injury, he's not looking like the Pat Mahomes from a year ago. That's true. And we know the reason why it's not because he can't play anymore. It's not because of confidence or a skill set. It's because the mobility is not there. And that's a huge part of who he is. And I think we learned a lot from Pat Mahomes knowing seeing him play through this injury because he's
1: not the same guy if he's not mobile. Mm. I I agree with B Mac. I, I I think sneaking is great. I think I want to I want answers from Philip Rivers as to why he won't sneak ever, and why they, ever, yep. and why they why they run Melvin Gordon for zero yards against the Titans. And I had to, I bet on the Titans, so I'm happy it happened. But still, come on, That's, yeah. um, like it's well, ridiculous.
2: So, well, Will's voice and tone when anything Chargers related comes up now. I mean, he is a scorned lover.
1: <laughs> I'm, I I really am. Like it's 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 very it's very it's I, I'm just over this team. <laughs> um, but the, uh, but I agree with BMAC. Like, you don't sneak Mahomes there because he's already hurt. Like, if he, what if he, he's laying down and somebody falls on his already busted ankle and then it's like, and then it's a high ankle sprain. He's out for four weeks. I, I just didn't, I didn't like the move. I agree. I do not think don't he think will play. that's
2: it. how high ankle sprains work. You're laying on the ground and somebody falls on it. Get and, at, if he's out. already
1: injured though, he, if you're already dealing
3: with an ankle injury, and someone falls on, because think about this. Well, it could week, make it the hurt week more before, right then, but
2: it's not going to like sprain it more.
3: No, it, it's almost like starting the rehab process all the way over again from square one. Remember last week before last Thursday night's game, someone stepped on right. his ankle. I, yeah. And then he just was, was limping Linda. Yeah. Limping Linda.
1: <laughs> 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 um, I, I would just be cautious about trying to bring him back too soon. You have a big lead in that division. You have a matchup against the Patriots coming up after the bye. Uh the rest of the division sucks. Obviously the Chargers suck. Uh, that was uh purposely uh intense there. The the, the Raiders are not uh, the Raiders could surprise some people this week. But but anyway, the point being Mahomes should not come back. If you're if you're thinking about playing Mahomes, find somebody else. Maybe it's a late game and you wait and see what happens, but find somebody else and and make sure you have a, an option there. I don't think I would play Matt Ryan either personally. Um okay. even though the matchup's not bad, I just think it's a dangerous spot for them. Uh I believe Will Fuller already ruled out. So,
3: or like the next month. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you missed your one game from Will Fuller. He gives you that every year in yeah. fantasy. He gave us the one game and I told you the story about my Will Fuller. You did.
1: He didn't, you didn't even get that one game. Um, that Heath, been undefeated too. Heath, I feel like there's a good chance you have some, uh, split stats related to Will Fuller, uh, and DeAndre Hopkins and Kiki Kute and maybe Kenny Stills. Is there a decent chance that, uh, there's an uh, Will Fuller in versus Will Fuller out split for DeAndre Hopkins? There is one. I do not have
2: it, and I feel really bad now. I think you oh. guys start talking talking about me, like you talk about the Chargers now.
0: No,
1: no, no, no. I, I just, I, just <laughs> I apologize. But no, 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 no. But okay, give just give the anecd- like I don't know the stat either, but anecdotally, I do believe that when Will Fuller is out, DeAndre Hopkins is huge.
2: DeAndre Hopkins is much better without Will Fuller. Yep. We don't know the one thing we don't know. Why? And well, because he gets like forty percent of the targets. Yeah. They just throw everything to him. Yeah. Um, Deshaun Watson has not been as good without Will Fuller, anecdotally. Mm. Um, one thing that's interesting, though, is we've not seen – they have the backup plan now, Kenny Stills. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you about Kenny Stills. Like They, they are, at some point this season, have now had two of either Fuller, Stills, or QT Healthy. Mm-hmm. And they will again this week. So I'm not sure what's happened the past two years is as relevant, Mm. but I do like Hopkins as the top five wide receiver this week.
1: And uh, maybe Kenny Stills is a DFS option. We'll talk about that after the break. Carry on Johnson placed on IR. Mm. It's an unfortunate, I think it's, this is like one of the toughest things you can have to do in fantasy football. And it's why you need to you know soak in advice from our experts on like fantasy football today. But like, Um, You know, Ty Johnson, if you had the top waiver claim, you had to decide, do I want to get Ty Johnson or not? I personally didn't want to get him in any leagues. Is that weird that I just didn't want him? I was hoping he wouldn't fall to me on the waiver claim. (laughs) Why don't you want him? Because I don't think he's going to do much. I think there's a chance they sign somebody like Ajay or trade for somebody like Kenyon Drake, and then you're going to end up burning that waiver claim. It's not going to be worth it. I would rather – and I think they pass a bunch. I think it's going to be a Matthew Stafford dance party this week.
2: You don't have to – you could just like not make a claim for him. Exactly.
1: No, no I know, I know, but that, that's like a but like that's a tough choice you have to make, right? No, it's not like you already made your choice. Well, I did, but I'm saying like a lot of people. Brought, <laughs> I, he got claimed in every league I'm in by that person with the top waiver claim.
2: Oh, he yeah, he went for like. Thirty to forty percent of Fab in most of the leagues really? I was in. I there was one league where I was am completely desperate at running back this week. Did you do? You I bid twenty percent and I didn't get him. Mm-hmm. Most of my leagues I made a five to ten percent bid, Just, not because I I agree almost entirely with you, Will. I don't think Ty Johnson is a special running back. I think this is a terrible situation. Carry on Johnson last year averaged better than five yards per carry. This year he's at three point three behind mm-hmm. this line they are going to throw the ball more in my opinion and that the other like even if they don't add anyone else JD McKissick has just flat out been better than Ty Johnson on yep. the touches they've received so far this year mm-hmm. and i think it's going to be pretty cool like i was the Wayne Goldman guy for the week that he had the job by himself yep. and that worked because he had the job by himself and the giants actually had a good offensive line then i don't know that ty johnson has either of those things going for him but i did try to add him to my bench just because we're wrong a lot. Sure. He's a chance to be a starting running back, so.
1: Yeah, starting running back who plays the, uh, don't. plays the Bears twice and the Vikings once over the next five weeks. Good for you. Just don't blow your fab on him. Yeah. Don't, or is, uh, did, um, Devo, I need to get a, need to know whether I can get approval to play Jamie's quote on, on the podcast. Speaking of running backs, what do you guys think about Chase Edmonds? Oh, I, he's special. He's, he's really good. And I saw somebody float the idea, Heath. I can't remember who it was. Um, so I would credit him, but they were like, what if David Johnson's getting traded? Yeah. I don't mm, think that's uh, um, I, By the way, I, here is, uh, I'm going to play it anyway, just cause, uh, I don't care. I don't care what Debo thinks. I teased it on the podcast. Not even listening to you right now. Well, perfect. I teased it on the podcast with Brady and this is a, this is what well, this is. This is a, uh, completely. Out of context quote from Jamie Eisenberg on Fantasy Football Today on Tuesday during the waiver show. Ready? Here it is.
0: Um, those guys, you can blow your
1: wad on. That's the out of context quote from Jamie Eisenberg. He's telling you how to spend your fab advice. I'm just, I'm just clipping it and putting it on uh, out of context in here.
2: <laughs> that's, uh, that's fantastic.
1: <laughs> I, I was out running around the lake with my dog, the lake near our house. I stopped. Made my dog stop and I did a screen recording where I grabbed the audio of it because I fell over laughing while running. Uh, good job by you, Jamie. Um, anyway, Chase Edmonds is -hmm. special. I think he's, I think he's a really good running back. He is explosive. He's great. He fits perfectly in Cliff Kingsbury's offense. Um, he has, I think as many like 20 yard touchdown runs as David Johnson has, like in the, like last week. He has Um, better average also
3: right now this season, better average
2: than, oh, he, he looked, much better than Johnson has looked. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to put too much into that, um, but I do think as
3: long as David Johnson's out, you're starting Chase Edmonds for sure. Yeah, that's yeah, the point. Yeah, but and and the showing against the Giants, yes, the Giants' defense is bad, but it's still a bright sign for Ed. Yes, and uh, Cliff uh, Kingsbury has some real nice things to say about him. What are your thoughts about uh, DK Metcalf this week against? The lonely Falcons secondary.
2: Uh, rich man's version of Devontae Parker and Preston Williams is mm. what I would like. He could. This, I mean, just the this Falcons. week. Yeah, it's this the Falcons. Week. He could He could catch two long touchdown passes. I think he could also get like three targets and have one of those passes bounce yes. off his hands. Yes. Like the. we've seen the Seahawks throw the ball a lot more this year than what I expected them to do. If the Falcons are starting Matt Schaub this might be one of those 18 pass attempt games for Russell Wilson. So I think he's a boom bust flex, boom mm. bust number three wide receiver for Metcalf. I, I don't, I don't dislike him, but you can't really count on how many Just targets. Yeah.
1: Um, What do you think about Alvin Kamara?
3: Mm. I mean, right now he's slated to give some real nice production. Uh, if he is healthy, that's the thing. And I, I picked up Latavius Murray because in one of my leagues, I have uh, lights Kamara action and you know, not knowing exactly what his status was, picked up Latavius Murray, and man, woo, talk about big time production! Whoa, he he brought me to to victory. So well, the key there is he didn't have to share with anybody. Exactly. Um,
2: I expect Kamara's gonna come back this week. And as long as he does
3: to what extent, though, that's the thing. Like
2: Like, if if he's playing for the Saints, he's playing for my fantasy team. If he's
3: clear to play, you're saying I put him in. He's in. Gotcha. Say no more.
1: And I would I would anticipate, though, that if the Saints can get a hefty lead, uh, then you will see plenty of Latavius Murray. Saints are one of those teams out there that might need to hire a, a new running back. And sometimes, guys, hiring can be a slow process. Cafe Altura COO Dylan Miskowitz needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he's having trouble finding qualified applicants. So he switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you, it finds them for you. Its technology invites, it identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidate supply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our custom web address, ziprecruiter.com Recruiter, Zip slash pick. That's ziprecruiter.com slash P I C K, ziprecruiter.com slash pick. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Okay. We're going to get to, uh, some Facebook group questions with BMAC before BMAC, uh, does the, uh, does the Prisco and disappears for the second half of the show. That's what Pete does. He leaves the studio, slams down his headphones. Screams! I'm tired of the b box. I don't do b box. No one makes. Uh, nobody works harder than me on the face of this network. No one works harder. He screams all that and he storms off. But you don't have to do that, B Mac. I won't. Good. Uh, you can go to facebook.com, search Pick Six Podcast. That's where our private Facebook group is. We had a chat with Ryan Wilson. He texted our group thread and was like, "Oh, uh, how do you like do an AMA? Uh, Breach is going to do a gambling thing. I'll jump in and do lineup questions and try to come through throughout the week. Uh, let's get it first though. Kirk versus Kirk Cousins. This is from Rodrigo Munez. Kirk Cousins versus the Redskins or Jared Goff versus the Bengals. Heath, I prefer Jared Goff. I just worry about how many passes
2: Cousins going to throw.
3: Wow, I'm right there with Heath. I have Kirk Cousins. You know, I mentioned it early, but I think Sean McVay in his offense is getting ready to really ramp up mm. and big time matchup for the Rams at home against the Bengals.
1: It's actually in London. It looks like it's at home, but it is in London. Okay. I um, I- but it's okay. I'm just making sure that people know that. Uh I think it's the 1 o'clock game. I'm going to tell you something. I, got I think all- be
3: playing anywhere. Egypt, it doesn't matter. I think calls <laughs> uh, is going to really light them up.
1: I got a, I got a feeling for this week, and I, I'm plugging this guy in DFS in, in GPPs, Daryl Henderson. It's the mm-hmm. Daryl Henderson week. Okay. Just so you know, it's coming. I got a feeling. I got a feeling. I got a feeling. Um Chase Savage wants to know is it time to deal or drop David Montgomery? Drop. I, I don't think you can get anything for him. I you don't think you can get anything for him
3: right
2: now. I would not trade him. Um I don't want to drop him. I gave that stat earlier about the Bears and wins and how run heavy they've been, and I think he could be okay this week. Mm. I think
3: the best advice I I would say would is it depends on what's available. Right? I don't think you can get anything for him as far well as trade quality, trade value. And what's on the streets? If there is anything else out there on the streets, then make a move. But if not, I mean, Montgomery, man, I, I don't know where he is confidence-wise. And that's the biggest concern with these young players, especially running backs. Young rookie running backs that fumble the ball or not doing their right assignment, running the football pass pro, never know where they are confidence-wise.
1: Um, I think that David Montgomery, because he's at the Packers in Week 15 and gets the Chiefs at home in Week 16, two teams that you can theoretically run on, would not be a terrible target if you are a team with a good record and think you're going to make the postseason. Um, you know, or, you know, he's, he's dropped or maybe you can go get him for nothing because he won't cost anything. Uh, speaking of running backs, BMAC, Joseph Harmon wants to know full PPR, Devin Singletary or Jamal Williams this week? Jamal,
3: right now the Packers offense is extremely hot and <laughs> anything you can get that's involved in that offense, get. I'll go Jamal too. It's a great matchup against the
1: Chiefs. Indeed, it is. Uh, all right. David Roberts, so he was offered to give Keenan Allen for Devontae Adams. Who would you rather have rest of season? Adams. Hmm. I don't tough.
2: know when he's coming back. I know. I'm going to go with Keenan Allen. I know you're taking Devontae Adams.
1: I, you think I'm taking Devontae? Oh, just because no, I hate the Chargers. Chargers. No, I'll take the healthy guy. I'll take the healthy guy with no defense who has to pass a lot and no run game. Uh, also, ooh, this is a good one. This is actually a a dilemma I've got, but I'm not, this is not my question. Uh, Jeremy Barnett wants to know Josh Allen or Matthew Stafford this week. I think it's easy. That's easy. Matthew Stafford.
2: It's Stafford. It's not close. I'm, I'm going to be curious. Like Josh Allen has a fantastic matchup for a quarterback that could throw. He can't throw. Let's see if he can take advantage of it.
1: He didn't do much of anything against the uh the bills which is very disappointing. I mean against the dolphins, excuse me.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I speaking of Josh Allen, I did a Twitter poll today that made some people mad. And so I want to see it before BMac goes. Um, if you're Gardner Minshew or Daniel Jones for the rest of their careers. Daniel Jones. All right.
3: Wow. You, you're on the minority side? Re- rest of their careers? Yes. Okay. Cuz eventually right. Gardner
1: Minshew is going going he's going to the bench. Uh, we'll go to a break, and then Heath and I will talk about Gordon Minchu and Nick Foles, and maybe even Drew Brees uh, and Teddy Bridgewater after the break. eBay
0: Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by
1: state law. Okay, so BMAC is gone. Heath and I are going to get to some DFS, but very quickly, Heath, uh, sort of, I mean, sort of some breaking news here. Uh, Steve Weiss just tweeted out, Steve Weiss from the NFL network, uh, says, He talked to Drew Brees and asked about playing on against Arizona on Sunday. Drew Brees says, quote, that's the plan. Wow. I did not see that coming. I I am uh I am sort of shocked by that. Are you surprised that Drew Brees would consider coming back this early? I knew
2: that Drew Brees had said that he wanted to come back this early. I'm not certain. I, I did not expect him to be allowed to.
1: Their bye is next week, and then they have a hobbled, sad, desperate Falcons team the week after that. Why would you not give him two more weeks to get a rhythm going and say, hey, listen, Teddy's been great. We're undefeated. He got us to the bye. Um, do you think that Drew Brees is maybe pressing because people are talking about the possibility of him not playing again because Teddy Bridgewater's there?
2: I suppose that could be what happened. Hmm. I, I don't I don't understand why they would do this at all. It doesn't make any sense to me, None. but I suppose if Drew Brees wants to play, Drew Brees gets to play.
1: Um. Obviously, if Drew Brees is a free agent, you would pick him up.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you You should.
1: OK, it's just and, I'm not. Gonna...
2: And if like if he starts this week, he I had Teddy Bridgewater as the top 12 quarterback.
1: Hmm. Fact, I'm not going <laughs> to spend the rest of the podcast searching through my leagues to see if Drew Brees is in. You're going to do that. Um. The uh, <laughs> the Jaguars also, I believe, said that week 11 is the target for Nick Foles. Why are the Jaguars trying to kill our mustachio dreams, Heath? Well, I think it's a big two weeks for Gardner Minshew. Mm. Um, I
2: believe that what he has shown so far this year should give the Jaguars enough hope that he could turn into a good NFL quarterback that I would let him keep going if he wins the next two games. But I don't know if
1: they will. Yeah, I mean, I think this is one of those things where a lot, you know, a lot of times you can follow the money. Jaguar, Min- Jaguar Minshew, Gardner Minshew cost them nothing. He is on a rookie contract for several more years. Nick Foles, they paid a lot of money to, and the idea that a team uh, that is three and four, and potentially you know, four and five, would just let Nick Foles sit on the bench would be kind of weird. So I understand the concept behind it. Uh. And they want to see what Foles has. Like you bring Foles, like you let Foles play, and if, you, if they don't win more games, then you say, "Hey Nick, this is real. We're out of here." Right? I mean, after the season, I guess that's the the move. I don't know. Or do you try to trade Nick Foles? But like, if they win
2: this week against the Jets, then they're four and four, right? Mm-hmm. And so then Minshew would get one more start against Houston. Mm-hmm. They could be five and four, and in the playoff race with Minshew playing excellent football, and you just go back to Foles.
1: Yeah, and it's weird, too, because, like, you can't cut them even after next year. They would have a 21.375 dead cap in 2020 if they cut him after June 1st. So
2: think of all the money they're making on Minshew mustaches.
1: Indeed. Indeed. Like, you
2: got to throw that out the window?
1: I know. And they're marketing with the ticket sales? I don't know. Maybe they're sort of trying to dangle a carrot in front of Gordon Minshew's face. Who knows? Um, Okay, let's talk DFS. Your top quarterback this week, we mentioned it. Do we mention, oh, okay, we didn't mention this. Um, BMAC asked it after, after he left. We didn't mention it on the, on the podcast. Uh, but very quick, like if you had Aaron Rodgers who you've been, he's been screwing your team all week. I've been complaining about him all season long, been screwing my team. He finally blows up for 50 points, but then you pick up Matthew Stafford because you're thinking maybe I need a quarterback for my bye week. Are you starting Matthew Stafford over Aaron Rodgers? This
2: comes back to the uh, the question of the fantasy manager himself mm. and what is going to upset him the most <laughs> right. after this week. For me personally, I just start the guy that I have projected to score the most fantasy points. And I will feel dumb if I start someone else because they scored 50 points last week. So I would start Matthew Stafford over Aaron Rodgers this week. They are both top seven quarterbacks for me. It would be uncomfortable to bench either one. My tiebreaker is who do I have projected to score more points.
1: So it's worth noting that th- what would make you the most mad as a fantasy owner is if you benched the guy you projected to score more points and then yeah. he actually did score more points. Like that's why you would be mad, Like right?
2: Yes, I would be very upset with myself. Like yeah. you do this for a living. You spend 24 hours a week building these projections and then you just didn't listen to them because – the guy scored more points last week. 24 hours of your week going to just projections. Maybe that's a little high, but it's oh, not. I, I
1: don't think that's that high. It's probably not that far. Wow. You, Jamie, and Dave have him, Matthew Stafford consensus number three quarterback. I have no problem with it. I mean, they're playing a team in the Giants that has a miserable secondary. They just lost their starting running back to IR. They're running with Ty Johnson. Um, the Giants should be able to score some. They just traded Quandre Diggs. I think Daniel Jones will get a few points. This has the potential to turn into a shootout. Um, and, you know, if you're – look, I mean, if you start – if, if Matthew Stafford puts up a 50 bomb on your bench and Aaron Rodgers gives you a 25, you're going to be pretty ticked off, right? Yep. Right. Uh And by the way, Matthew Stafford, your top fantasy quarterback in DFS, I'm in lockstep with you.
2: Yeah, his, he did see a price increase, but still at 7700 on FanDuel and cheaper on DraftKings, of course. He is my highest uh, point-per-dollar player. He'll probably be the chalk in cash games, as mm. he should be. And you don't have to worry about Stafford versus Rodgers in that format because Rodgers is on Sunday night. Um, I'm going to play a lot of Stafford against the Giants.
1: Uh, okay, so I was actually um, – as I was doing my – I always do this when I do my picks on Tuesday night – as I'm putting them together, some, you know you start to see little opportunities for guys to have big weeks. I try to put together a DFS lineup with people I like. I put together a lineup that involves Matthew Stafford and Kenny Galladay. Is that the stack you'd go with, or would you do something else?
2: If I was going to stack them, that is, yes. Yeah. I will have, like, I'm going to have Stafford-Galladay, Stafford-Jones, Stafford-Galladay-Jones, Stafford-Galladay-Hawkinson. Like, all be. of the combinations I can get with Matthew Stafford this week. I may even have a Stafford-McKissick lineup.
1: What about Stafford-Hawkinson?
2: Yes. Okay. Well, I probably wouldn't go Stafford, Hawkinson without Galladay or Jones,
1: just because you don't want to be left out. In, in case, right, yeah,
2: but right. Um, but yeah, I I will. Uh, I'll have a lot of those guys.
1: All right, and your top contrarian play. I feel like this is cut and paste from uh, the past ten weeks or seven weeks or whatever it is. Gardner Minshew. It is Gardner Minshew. I think
2: he got like he was okay last week in terms of fantasy production and, and per dollar, but he got unlucky that he didn't have a monster game. He had over three hundred yards of total offense. Somehow they only got into the end zone once. Hmm. This Jets defense has allowed the eighth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks, but I just think that's almost entirely fluky. Like last week, Tom Brady should have had two more touchdown passes. James White fell down on one of them and stepped out of bounds. I, I, I'm not that worried about how good the defense is, and I think Minshew should have another solid day. He's still too cheap.
1: Okay. Uh, do you think that Sam Darnold qualifies as a contrarian play?
2: I I actually got a text from uh, one of my buddies Hmm. during the game on Monday Night Football. Sam Darnold's going to be such a great play next week.
1: I agree. Now, the toenail thing worries me.
2: Uh, The ghost thing worries me. Like This whole Belichick fooling Sam Darnold and embarrassing him on national television thing, I don't 100% believe that that's just a one-week effect from that. Maybe, like, you I know, remember you, when Ryan Leaf was broken as a quarterback at Arrowhead because of the national embarrassment that he was for that. Like, I'm a little concerned about Sam Darnold's confidence, fair his enough. trust in the system. But, yes, if you're looking – and I don't know what his upside is against Jacksonville. But if you're looking for a contrarian play, yes, he would qualify for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. So – Um. I'm doing a Pats are the are the Pats the greatest defense of all time piece right now. And we were supposed to talk about this in the first half of the show. Debo and I planned a whole thing out, and then I derailed it with NBA talk and and something else. Um I looked up, I I basically took through seven games what the combined quarterback statistics were for uh for these for these uh for everyone that the Patriots have faced through seven weeks. It is a less efficient version of two thousand two Joey Harrington. That's really bad. Yeah. It's also a slightly more volume, but uh, more volume, but less efficient version of 2009. Jamarcus Russell.
2: Those names.
1: And the other name that popped in the comp is 2011 Blaine Gabbert. That's what the Patriots are doing to all these quarterbacks. I'm like, one guy's a hall of famer. One guy's at least a veteran in Ryan Fitzpatrick. You got multiple first-round picks and Darnold, Daniel Jones, and Josh Allen. I get that they're all young guys. I'm just, I just think that. What I'd be curious about, I might go look at after this, at the podcast, is what did these guys do the week after they played Belichick? Because Ben Roethlisberger called quits for the year. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. I'm done. I suck at football now. Um Do you think that the are the Patriots the fantasy MVP so far this year?
2: Yeah, they are. And it's, you know what I'm going to say.
1: That's, that's dumb.
2: That they're not going to be this good the rest of the season. Well, they won't
1: be. I mean, they're, they're oh. going but I will say this, they only have one, I don't think they have the, old, the, the only quarterback they have who's over 26 left is like Ryan Fitzpatrick.
2: Well, but they face Patrick Mahomes.
1: For sure. And Deshaun Watson. And, and, Jack, and, and Dak Lamar Prescott Jackson. and Lamar Jackson. And, and look, they can't play man coverage back there, and, you know, um, do you think they're worth paying for in DFS every week? Uh, most weeks. Okay.
2: Yeah. Especially on DraftKings. Okay. The difference in pricing isn't as great.
1: Um, your top running back play, Latavius Murray.
2: As long as, like, Alvin Kamara, I just looked, did not practice today, and on, or Wednesday. And so if he comes back and he's definitely going to play, obviously that's out the window. But Murray's still only priced at 6200 on FanDuel. His price didn't go up enough on DraftKings. If Kamara's out, you don't even think about it. He's the chalk, and he's just like the free space, and we'll try to beat everybody else with the rest of our players.
1: Okay. Uh, what about a contrarian play?
2: I'm going to go with Philip Lindsay, and I think we'll get this opportunity multiple times with both Denver backs and both Packers backs. This is going to be a committee. Mm-hmm. There's going to be weeks where both backs are good. There's going to be weeks where one guy gets hot and scores both the touchdowns or scores one of the touchdowns and the other one doesn't. But I don't think Lindsay like lost his place in the Denver offense. No. This is not a particularly bad matchup against the Indianapolis Colts. I still think he gets 15 to 18 touches, and I kind of like him on the fast track in Indianapolis, his chances of breaking a long one. And I don't think anybody's going to play him.
1: I kind of like the Broncos to win the game. Ooh. I, I think you'll see every everybody's gonna be on the Colts. No one wants the Broncos. Denver can run the ball. They got a decent passing defense. It's it's not a great matchup for Indy if you think about and it. And you're kind of a Broncos fan now, right? No, I hate the Broncos too. I hate everybody in that stupid division. I hate I hate the car fa- I don't hate the car family. I but like I, I don't care for the Raiders because of the cars. I hate the Broncos because they're making me look like a dumbass in front of the entire country for picking them to win the division, even though it really all laid out for them to actually win the division and they screwed it up. Um, and I, I, I hate the Chargers, as we've d- detailed. I don't hate the Chiefs, um, but I've just I picked the Chiefs to be in the Super Bowl last year, and I've been against them several years in a row now, and, and the Chiefs fans are very mean to me about it. So I, I, I just hate the AFC West as a whole. I hate it. I hate the whole division. I like it, all right? Um. Yeah, top wide receiver player. I was actually surprised by this. Uh, you have Michael Thomas, even though Patrick Peterson is back. I don't think it matters. Like, you want to put Patrick Peterson
2: and a double team on Michael Thomas? Then maybe. Yeah. But we're talking a guy about a guy that has like 30 more receptions than any other wide receiver since the start of 2017. He's mm-hmm. played some difficult matchups already this year. You can't guard Mike. It's right there in his Twitter handle. <laughs> He's is is. going to get double-digit
1: targets. Yep. He's going to be around 90 yards. You just hope he gets into the end zone. He has 11 more receptions this season than anybody else. He has quietly ascended to the, uh, top ranking of, um, of the, uh, of the wide receivers in the entire, well, in the all of, of, yeah. of all. He is number one. He has the most, good lord, he has a hundred more yards than Chris Godwin? This kind of happened out of nowhere. And it's well, like Chris Godwin's like, had his bye. True, right? but, but like, or but, has he? Uh, yes, cause he yes. was in London. Yes. Uh, and Michael Thomas has his next week, but in Michael Thomas lost his quarterback. Right. Um, okay, interesting. The uh, who's your contrarian wide receiver? DJ. Uh, no, it's Tyler Boyd. Oh boy.
2: And I, hi, my name's like,
1: Heath, and I can't quit picking the Bengals. <laughs> I
2: can't quit picking. Like he got 14 targets last week. That's, I understand that he was bad two weeks in a row. But we're talking about a guy who still averaged right around 8 yards per target over his career. Even this year, he's at 7 yards per target. He's averaging more than 10 targets per game. That's pretty easy math. Yeah. You should expect 70 yards. I'm getting choked up here. You should expect (laughs) 70 yards on a weekly basis from Tyler Boyd, and he's like $5,000. He
1: might even score a touchdown. I was looking at—he has the third most targets in all of football right now, amongst wide receivers. He is 14th in terms of receiving, uh, in terms of fantasy points. I'm just looking at like one of our our fantasy football day league. He basically has the same amount of points as Will Fuller, who had one huge game and that's it. Uh, he has less points than Terry McLaurin, who plays for the Redskins, and less points than Marvin Jones, who had one monster. Uh, I'm just going games. to keep betting on the targets. The targets have to work out eventually, right? At least I didn't say Larry Fitzgerald, right? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, it's fine. Uh, top tight end play, Hunter Henry. I'm with you here. I put Hunter Henry in my um, uh, my little Tuesday lineup too. I think, I think it's, I think he's going to be the number one tight end the rest of the way.
2: I think he could be the number one tight end the rest of the way. They can't protect Philip Rivers, and teams are taking away Keenan Allen. Mm-hmm. It's basically the Hunter Henry and Austin Eckler show. And if you look, I mean, Henry Henry basically played two full seasons now in terms of games, and he's got like 15 touchdowns. Yeah.
1: He's a stud.
2: He's a stud if he stays
1: healthy. Yep. Doesn't have fewer than 60 yards in a game this year. What, um, what are you doing about Melvin Gordon if you own Melvin Gordon?
2: Uh, I feel about Melvin Gordon like you do about the Chargers. Remember three years ago when I called Melvin Gordon the ultimate sell high and then he went on to be like a top five running back? I
1: forgot about it. It was all like touchdown. It was all touchdown dependent too. He was not even that great. It turns out I was right now. Yeah.
2: Three years later. Uh, no,
1: I, I think,
2: I think the Chargers have a real problem.
1: They've ruined their game plan. They had an awesome offense the first few weeks of the season when he wasn't there, and they were just winging it around to Eckler. And then they brought Melvin Gordon came back, and they just funnel everything through him. It's it's humiliating. Um, top top, your tight end contrarian play, my guy. I love this guy, Johnu Smith. I'm dead serious. I love Johnu Smith.
2: Chris Towers loves him too uh, because Johnu Smith went to FIU. Uh sixty yards last week. He ran, I think, only 20 pass routes. Delaney Walker has an ankle injury. As long as Delaney Walker doesn't suit up, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are giving up the second most points to opposing tight ends. And basically any cheap tight end is contrarian because there are like four good tight ends and everybody mm-hmm. just plays them.
1: I, uh, In our office league, 2016 office league, I had to get replacement for Mark Andrews bye week, and I put Johnu Smith ahead of Fabian Moreau. Was that bold?
2: No. Okay. I don't think so. I think it was the right call. Now, if Delaney Walker practices on Thursday, I may change my mind. For, for
1: sure. And I tried to make a trade with, uh, Jeff Cortula and Adam London. And it's always weird, like, trading with your bosses. Do you find that weird? Like, trading with somebody who can, like, has, distinctly has hiring, firing power over you?
2: Well, like, what's the, what's the best possible outcome here?
1: That, I, I mean, with well, the worst, the worst outcome is I screw their season over and I screw it right. So I mean, the season
2: up. You screw their season up or the trade's inconsequential. I think you just close the window and don't even make the offer.
1: Yeah, I made the offer and I was like, I don't think I want to trade with them. And no. and then they came back and made me a terrible offer with like a tight end for uh for like uh my my team quarterback, Raiders team quarterback. Right. And I was like, I I can't. I was like, you guys have Kyler Murray, like the Cardinals quarterback. I can't trade you my Derek Carr slash Mike Glennon because then all I got left is Joe Flacco slash Drew Locke, and I'm trying to win this league. And yet now I feel a little compelled. And so, feel like they've made you an offer you can't refuse, literally. Yeah, it felt that way. Yeah, I think I think the initial offer is like Dawson Knox for the Raiders team quarterback. I was like, what? That's not fair. Right. (laughs) I feel. uh,
2: I did not in any way feel intimidated. Sounds like like a fair offer to me, and I don't know why you didn't take it. (laughs)
1: Uh, all right Heath, any beer uh that you tried I I haven't had any I haven't had any beer in like two like a week. Like you've literally had no beer? Just bourbon.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. I was almost worried about you. No, yeah. Uh I don't I, I think this is the second week in a row. I'm gonna have to change this by next week. I think this is the second week in a row where I did not have I'm just checking right now on my untapped the only way I can remember what I've drank in last week. Yeah.
1: Is that a problem? Uh probably okay but i'm 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 this like i i don't I want to say i haven't had any beer. I've probably had like a beer or two, but i've just i haven't had any like beer that I was dying to drink
2: i I had a one very it wasn't necessarily new I'm sure you've definitely had it, but it was good and it's another terrapin beer i think last last time I was uh talking about terrapin uh
1: liquid bliss oh yeah the peanut butter chocolate porter
2: very good dessert
1: very beer. good dessert beer very good it is it is it is it tastes like a peanut butter pie. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a very good dessert beer. All right, um, you no, know, I like crack. Maybe I'll take down to that. am going down to the. Oh, I South Carolina beaches. Maybe I'll grab some uh, Westbrook and bring it back and try that. Also, I got a kind of couple boxes from BrewDog, so pretty excited to check that out. Ooh. Um, that I'm, I am. Uh,
2: that's that's exciting for you.
1: Yeah, it is exciting for me. Hopefully, it's exciting for you. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll talk about it next week. Maybe, we'll, maybe we'll go, outstanding. Maybe we'll go through some BrewDog uh, breakdowns next week. Uh, Heath, always a pleasure, buddy. Devo, you did a great job. I don't know why I'm talking to you there in the room. <laughs> See you next week, man. Later. Hey, everyone. This is Jimmy
4: Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks by language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle,